Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the eastern border. It's been a while, but uh, I'm about to go to Ukraine in a few days, so I have been preparing a lot. First of all, I'd like to say that, yes, we are planning everything, and I'm really sorry, Sean. You're amazing, but I just overslept because of overworking. We will get you on, and we're going to figure this stuff out. However, as I was recording this episode, because again, the New York Times and everyone is like going with maybe the Ukrainian counteroffensive is going strong and everything, well, they're making progress, okay? It's just that it's yet again this case of um, Western media overblowing things out of proportion. For one, throughout all this time, throughout all this time of the Ukrainian counteroffensive, or should I say Ukrainian offensive, because it's not like counteroffensive comes at the heels of someone else's attack, but we only saw Wagner group in there, so Ukrainian offensive is a better term. Well, basically, uh, out of 12 brigades, only four were involved. And now more are getting involved. I mean, if you have 12 brigades of units, and then four of them are involved and eight aren't, then maybe adding uh, one or two of them to the whole thing doesn't mean that the main phase is under attack, like, is is undergoing anything. And secondly... (sighs) Yeah, that's that's weird. Everyone has been quoting the build for their sources that apparently German Bundeswehr people say that Ukrainians are wasting their their Western training and everything and everything because they're not using exactly the same tactics. They are splitting apart their units and everything and that Ukrainians are wasting their uh, basically military training or something and therefore not achieving much much success. Well, let me tell you, the build is nothing more than a tabloid. It's a blatant tabloid of that. It's the yellow press at its finest. And um, yeah, look, if Ukrainians would be wasting their counterattack and would be doing something stupid, then I would know that way faster and way better than the build. And the fact that everyone is just quoting the build instead of me when it comes to this attack thing means just uh, that you guys don't know, your, don't know your sources. The build is out of all the German newspapers, not the one to be trusted. They, they they would report about, I don't know, a Loch Ness Monster or whatever. And not in the way that, I don't know, actual research happens in this area. Just that they are a tabloid, blatant one of that, and everyone just keeps using them as a source. And I get comments about this too, sent to my email. Oh, but look at the German press. Yeah, what German press? It's not Der Spiegel. It's not Die Welt. It's Bild. Come on. Like, there are respectable German press, and then there's not that respectable German press, so you need to differentiate between these two, and how everyone keeps using this, including the New York Times and everything. Like, chill. Ukrainian counterattack is going as it's going. They are not stupid. They're not dumb just because they're Eastern European. They're working hard, they know they know what's up, they might like equipment, and they're adapting things for their, you know, lack of stuff that it's been a Western failure to send them. They're not doing anything really bad. They are still in consultations with the West, and it's fine. Just that, uh, you know, just because New York Times or D-Build, or I think it, is it D-Build? I think it's D-Build. I just call them Build because, you know, all the German articles, I know, I know some things about them, but not all of them. Just because some press thing tells you something doesn't mean it's true. I mean, I triple check everything because... I am reliant on you guys to pay me my salaries. I don't. I don't live on advertisement that much. But yeah, these are the things that uh, I just don't even want to talk about, because once again, 
random German tabloid gets more press than I do. And why? Well, because I am not German, neither am I American. But it is what it is. So first and foremost, guys, chill. It's going fine. And when the counterattack starts, and when, when it's going to go truly greatly, I'll let you know. It's been going on for a while now. It's just that there's different strategies and different options for this. So if you keep getting panicky about what's going on, don't. It's fine. I'll tell you what it's not going to be fine. Trust me on that one because I... Uh, I, I don't have any reason to, to lie about this. If Ukrainians are going to start doing very poorly to the point where I will well, start to feel troubled, I'll let you know, and then I'll raise such an outrage and such a noise that we all together are going to get more stuff to Ukrainians to do what they need. Right now, they're mostly fine, and I'm about to go there. But um, that's not the only thing, because I have a couple of news for you today. And it's late, but uh, I'd like to start with the thing that finally... Finally, I have my latest instructions for stay tuned and pro-government news outlets from Putin. I was already working on this episode when I got these things. Oh boy. And that's amazing because I have been missing them. You know, it's not that hard to get them outside of Russia these days because everything's double-checked, but we have those things. The document outlines exactly what the Kremlin wants its propaganda media to tell Russians about this upcoming anniversary of the Baptism of Rus which is referring to the conversion of Kiev and Rus under Volodymyr the Great to Christianity in 988, which the country, Ukraine, celebrates on July 28th. Russia, by the way, celebrates it on the same date. And, uh, hey, it's 4am right now on that date. And uh, I'm glad I have this, so you get this before everyone else. The guide tells journalists to refer to the event as a key, key turning point in Russian history and point of formation of Russia's statehood. It also instructs them to emphasize that having a common faith is what allowed the East Slavic tribes to become unified people. The document devotes particular attention to the adversaries of Russia that purposely fought against Orthodox Christianity in Ukraine, Belarus and Poland. In particular, it says that they, quote, Polish kings planted Catholicism and Unionism on, on the occupied native Russian territories in order to fracture and subjugate the people. It's uh, funny because less than a week ago, Putin made similar territorial claims about Poland at a meeting on the Russian Security Council. Quote, it was thanks to the Soviet Union, thanks to Stalin's position, that Poland received significant tracts of land in the West, land that belonged to Germany. It's true, the western territories of modern Poland were a gift from Stalin to the Poles. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, just coming from me here, he chose like not to mention the fact that the Soviet Union invaded Poland together with Germany in 1939, and that they held a victory parade together there, and that they were allies at the time, and everything else tied to that stuff, and that, you know, they literally were best buddies, but, you know, the tiny things, it doesn't matter. Carrying on... <clears throat> Putin then said, did our friends in Warsaw forget about this? We will remind them. Yeah, you'll remind them the fact that you held a victory parade together and you were literally allied with Nazis, but again, they're just me. I like these stupid things called, you know, truth and responsibility and all that nonsense, but I guess nobody cares there. The propaganda guide is even more aggressive on the subject of Ukraine. Its authors refer to the Ukrainian government as an apostate regime that's waging a war against the Ukrainian Orthodox Church in order to destroy the spiritual ties of brother nations. The document obviously does not mention the terrible shelling attack in Odessa last week that destroyed 
Ukraine's historic Transfiguration Cathedral, which is one of the most beautiful places, used to be at least, which is where I'm going to go with my buddies and we're going to definitely include this in the documentary because that's a painful thing. And um, the church's eparchy even posted the thing on, on their, their website. And you know what? Last time I was in the day, everyone spoke Russian there. They they were all Jewish, because those people from Odessa will understand me. You enter Odessa, you become Jewish instantly. It's fine. But they all spoke Russian. I'm pretty sure at this point I'll hear much more Ukrainian there. Odessa Mama has a special mood about this. And when they call Ukrainians the, apost- the apostates and everything, while well, they literally destroyed one of the most beautiful churches around that I've ever seen, one of the most beautiful Orthodox churches around, and I'm a Lutheran, it, it hurts me. According to the guide, by the way, the only person who can rectify the situation facing Orthodox Christianity in Ukraine is, of course, Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin. The propaganda media are tasked with explaining to Russians that their president could be credited with, quote, restoring Russia's role as the protector of Orthodox faith. Quote, today our country is battling a new satanic regime. It's always Satanists, man. Always. The Kyiv regime is deliberately destroying Orthodox Christianity on the territory of Ukraine, applying direct pressure against priests and seizing churches. The, Nat- the Nazi Satanists have entrenched themselves in the holy Russian city of Kyiv, where Rus was baptized. Russia has come to the defense of the Orthodox faith and is crushing neo-Nazis who worship the occult ideas of Hitler and Bandera on the front. The document also credits Putin with supporting the rebirth of Orthodoxy and restoring the church in Russia. A source close to the Kremlin told, uh, well, told that the guy, the emphasis on Putin himself is not a coincidence, and that the Russian media will increasingly mention him by name in the coming months. This is apparently an important thing for the electoral campaign. Putin will be linked to every development, and so that his name is constantly being held. That's the stupid thing. If you're a Christian, because I'm a Lutheran, then uh, the desecrators of holy sites are definitely not the Ukrainians, it's the Russians. And if you're not a Christian, then still, the church in Odessa was one of the biggest things, like, most, most important things you could see in Odessa. I was there. I saw it, and it was amazing. And this is ISIS level of nonsense. And, by the way, as I'm recording this at 4 a.m. my time, I'm pretty sure Russian media has already started writing something of these lines. If you hear anything like this from anyone coming out in today, or day after that, or like in the following week, then you know for sure where they got their instructions from. I'm really glad I got these. Because, uh, by the way, after I finish this, I'm going to go to Mir Report and uh, talk about these instructions and everything. Because I think that... I like to point out the, the easy ways how you can like spot these people who are like paid by this. Meanwhile, at the same, at the same time... Russian lawmakers raised the nation's conscription age ceiling to 30 from 27, and they had previously thought, you know, raised the the early one from 18 to 21. And of course they did not. On Tuesday, the State Duma adopted both the second and third reading of legislation that will expand Russia's age range for conscription, not to, confuse, not to be confused with mobilization, it's two different things, but still, conscription age for, for the regular guys, to men between ages of 18 and 30. Effective January 1st, 2024. Late last year, Mr. Shoigu, our best buddy, because Girkin's in prison, unfriend Girkin, best buddy Shoigu, announced a phased increase of the, on the lower age limit for conscription from 18 to 21. State Duma deputies later abandoned the idea, however, arguing that Russia's serious demographic situation, 
which I have mentioned in previous episodes, means the military must cast a wider net to draw enough men into the armed forces. At the same time, lawmakers raised the upper age limit by three years, immediately, even though Defense Committee Chairman Andrei Karapatlov said just a day earlier that the increase would not be gradual. The increase would be gradual, but it isn't. At the same time, they also made sure that um, something that even like Russia's lawmakers would disagree with, and they did, the fact that if you are 18 and... Um, 18 or something, and you get conscripted, then you cannot even have legal aid at all. It's because now only your parents can represent you or you yourself. They basically denied legal help for these conscript dudes. You can't legally get away from this. Also, uh, the, now you can't even leave the country as soon as the electronic thing plops into, into your, your office. It's like these bureaucrats just decided to strengthen all these nooses and ties and everything. By the way, one thing they didn't do is like there's this uh, Gosduma deputy, Vladimir Milov, and he had an idea for a law that would make sure that it would be mandatory for women to get pregnant below the age. Like women before the age of 24, they would be mandated to get pregnant and then they would face fines each year after that and they couldn't vote before they would have birthed a kid. I told you about demographic situations last time, right? Thankfully, this wasn't taken into account because Milov has taken upon the role of Zhirinovsky and just doing crazy things. But uh, think about this horror. Think about this fact that, you know, you would be forcefully required by law to get pregnant by the age of 24. Not because you love someone, not because you want to raise a kid, but just because you are forced to. I mean, for one, I'm 33 right now and I'm covering this war, going to go back to Ukraine and I want to have kids one day. Both of my brothers have them. But, uh, yeah, I, I simply can imagine the fact that if I would have been forced by law to have kids, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a woman, I don't need to give birth to them, but still, I'm a man, but even for me, it's like horrific, and I do not have to give birth to them. This is just crazy, and such things are coming through the parliament, sincerity. Meanwhile, at the same time, basically, another great thing happened. Chechnya's interior, Chechnya's, our good old friend Ramzan Kadyrov's place, interior ministry has begun refusing to issue foreign passports, you know, passports that uh, basically allow people to travel abroad, to residents younger than 30 if the applicants are not accompanied by older relatives. The agency said in response to a complaint by lawyer Alexander Nemov that the policy is intended to ensure that the goals of the trip are not contrary to the interests of Russian Federation, according to the crisis group SKSOS. It's just insane, you know. Have your dad and mom around to get your passport. It's totally, totally insane. Meanwhile, for some good news. Ukrainian's military says that they have taken the village of Staromaiskoye in one of the main directions of the offensive in the south of the country. Vladimir Zelensky posted a video of uh, Ukrainian service members' announcement on this Telegram channel. I'm going to go there. I'm going to try to at least. And it's going to be a bit difficult, but still. Hanna Meliar, Deputy Minister of Defense for Ukraine, confirmed that Staromaiskore, it's like Old May, as far as I get it, has been liberated. Quote, our defenders continue to protect the settlement now, she wrote on Telegram. The liberation of Staromaiskore and neighboring Priyutnoye, which is currently under Russian control, will allow Ukraine's armed forces to attack a nearby fortified area from three sides. This would obviously force Russian troops further south to a second line of defense. I hope this would happen because, for one, I simply cannot imagine how and why would someone want to live in the regime that's happening there. It's just stupid. I mean, 
forcing your people to do something like that is just weird. The good news, by the way, is the fact that right now the Z patriots are fighting each other so bad because on Solovyov TV, you know, Vladimir Solovyov, the main propagandist guy, most people came out, there were like famous people coming out and speaking about how Girkin was evil and how all these, you know, gatherings of money to the front lines. By the way, a median salary, median one. Uh, median the one is the one that 50% of the people receive less and 50% of the people receive more. The difference between average is that average is like all salaries taken together and just divided by the amount of people. Average salaries tend to be skewed to larger numbers because, you know, a lot of very ultra-rich people in Russia. But, you know, it's a thing. So median salary in Russia, up until this date, hasn't increased much from the last year. It's been basically remained the same. The difference is like one euro or some shit. But um, it's 40,000 rubles per month, which is about 400, uh, 401 euros, about $410 per month. That is how average Russian makes, and prices haven't been that up. So think about it. These guys don't make a lot of money. It's weird. And of course, I was interrupted also to speak about Prigozhin's metal balls, but to be honest, I really don't believe that thing. Like It was a common thing, a common practice in Soviet prisons to just do these things for sexual reasons, but I'd like some more confirmation. You know, at this point... At this point, I've, I've understood that I do not need to make shocking statements. I'm not into that stuff. I'm into making solid, grounded things that you can con- that you can confirm and everything. But currently, yeah, Russia's going insane. Khodorkovsky's posting some nonsense. Z guys are just, you know, yelling at each other because the guy in Solovyov's uh, thing, they especially hate the fact that the Russians are gathering these zbori, you know, these gatherings of money for the Russian army. But um, they're not really, you know, doing this through the Ministry of Defense, which means that uh, Ministry of Defense officials can't steal anything. So now they're going to try to prohibit that. And of course, Zed patriots from the Girkin's camp, who's now arrested, by the way, are still up in arms, and it's all, all totally insane. Just pure madness. Then again, I like when, um, when these guys are killing each other. Special shout-out, by the way, goes to Michael Naki. He hates my guts still. If you listen to this guy in Russian, then you know who he is. But uh, he literally quoted the like three paragraphs of my latest article about Igor Girkin in uh, yesterday's show about Girkin. However, didn't quote me because apparently I, I don't even know. He doesn't speak English, so he thinks, I guess, that uh, he's angry at me for some reason and thinks that I'm some sort of pro-Russian person. But hey, you know, at least at least I know he's listening, reading my stuff in Foreign Policy magazine, which is great. But yeah, kind of weird. They're all hitting each other. Ukraine's moving slowly but purposefully. And Russia is just getting more scary by the hour of the day. Another thing on the Russian side. The Russian government has now just prohibited, by the way, registering into their sites, any site with .ru domain name, using a foreign email. Total control. Totalitarianism to this max. And, uh, and yeah, one other thing. Because again, this started out as, as something and then it, that it didn't. See, in St. Petersburg, they're, they're holding this... Um, Russian slash African Council, in which many Ru- African countries has not have not arrived. However, well, I'm sorry for not being exactly informed because this is like I said, 4:16 a.m. in the morning, and I just need to have some have some sleep. But um, yeah, apparently they noticed that the press speaker for Biden administration is black. And uh, I, I'm sorry if I sound terribly racist here at this point. I'm just going to quote what they said. It's just that she criticized Putin's involvement and everything. <laughs> And, and, and it was just an important speech, and I just, you know, listened to her as a Biden representative. 
But when in Solovy of Life, they started commenting on this. They mentioned this African slash Russian convention. And they were like, oh, she's actually African. What is she doing against her own people? And someone said, well, she's moved to America and she's been born there. And someone says, oh, nonsense. She's still African. Looks black to me. Just the very idea that, you know, racism is now going on blatantly to the point where I don't even know. It just hurts me because, for one, I have been... I've actually managed to see people and everything, and racism, I think, is the dumbest thing on planet Earth. And it's happening in the Russian media, and no one cares. It's just that still, all these people who don't care will still continue to call Russian Nazis. But yeah, that's about it for today. have to get my car uh, on. And uh, please, guys, oh, one, one thank you to all of you guys who have supported me through PayPal and Patreon. Uh, Patreon is the eastern border slash patreon.com slash the eastern border. Sorry. There's also Discord links all over the place, like there and on my Twitter and on my eastern border page and everything. Thanks to you for donating to me via PayPal. Everything goes to Ukraine Fund. Had to get a new car, stuff going on, mess things up. But we're, we're going to do some work. But yeah, going to go to Ukraine very soon. Going to make it happen. It's going to be great. Just wanted to say thank you and do свидания, things happening, going to be streams on Discord as well. And as always, remember, happiness is mandatory.